everyday life issues broken down to help you build your own opinions on the issues that matter most. Coming to you from Austin, Texas, this is The Deciding Factor with your host, Alton Hill and John Herzog. Hey, hey guys, I am John. And I'm Alton. And together, our powers combined, we make the deciding factor. (laughs) (laughs) So today, today we are going to talk about smiling and being happy and how it can affect your life, your job, your family, your friends, everything. And we actually are going to have another guest with us today. So our guest today is a high-energy public speaker and life coach who, after having started many successful businesses, found himself in a crossroads between continuing his regular business or moving on to his true passion of public speaking. After making the decision to go with his passion, he began to explore ways to realize his dreams. He began teaching people how to rediscover their smile and laughter and has created ways for people to... Uh, not to fear the unknown, but to embrace it. In the process of creating this, he has been featured on the cover of Miami New Times, has also been interviewed on NBC6 Miami twice, been featured as a guest on many radio shows, podcasts, and magazines while delivering his message. Through the years, he has met and worked through many life issues and challenges. Each time he faced a new situation, he took it head on and devised ways to overcome whatever obstacles that were in his path. Some of the challenges that he had to overcome were drug addiction, drinking, being homeless, unfortunately the death of his daughter, uh, cerebral hemorrhage, cancer, and more. Each one of these having the capability to bring down the average Joe to his knees, he learned how to overcome them and thrive in these instances. In these times, many gifts came from uh, came in the forms of teaching and sharing his thoughts through interaction with those who attended his workshops and coaching clients. He has transformed his life through a never give up and never surrender attitude as he has shaped himself into a loving, caring individual who shares his knowledge and his open heart. And I actually consider him probably the happiest man on earth, Ed <laughs> Rodriguez. How are you doing, Ed? I'm doing fantastic, man. Thank you for that compliment. I'm really happy to be on the show. And hi, everybody out there. I hope you're having an amazing day today. Nice. So we, uh, you know, I, uh, I looked at your YouTube video on online before we got you as a guest. And uh, you've got way too much energy. And way too much happiness. I, I don't know where you get it from, but you got it. <laughs> well, it's that happiness, man. Now, now, before we got on the air, you actually told us that you recently went to the hospital, though. What happened with that? Yeah. Oh, man. You know, you guys are going to think that I'm crazy for saying that this is kind of a funny story. <laughs> but, you know, it, it really is. I mean, and I was at home. Well, I was actually in Scroon Lake, New York. And Scroon Lake, I got to tell you something beautiful place and there's zero COVID out there. It's awesome. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, my girlfriend has a house up there and we were at the house and I kind of, you know, kind of stood up and just fell over. I passed out and she, she freaked out and she called 911 and, you know, she was trying to revive me and stuff. And and she said that she opened my eyes and I wasn't responding. So she slapped my face, you know, 
I mean, I wish she wouldn't have done that, but just she did, you know, <laughs> but she was trying to revive me and get me going. And then I stood up and I said, Hey, you know what? <laughs> wow. I got to go to the restroom. So I run to the restroom. Next thing I know here's paramedics coming in and I'm like, what's going on here? You know? Um, and, and it was really, it was funny because I really was out of it. I was completely out of it, but I, I didn't understand what totally what was going on, but I understood a little bit. So they grabbed me and, you know, they kind of walked me uh, to the gurney and then they started taking me out of the house. And as I'm, as they're taking me out of the house, I start laughing like crazy. I've got this thing that I call emergency laughter. And I use that when I'm in a situation where it's like, Oh man, this is serious. You know? So I start laughing like crazy and I got these paramedics looking at me like, dude, what's up, man? What are you doing? And, and, you know, I just told him, I said, listen, this is emergency laughter. I use this in dire situations and I got to tell you, you got to try it. You got to, you know, you got to use this. And as we're going to the hospital and I'm in the back of the ambulance, I'm saying, man, are you guys running cars over? What are you doing? You know, are you getting to move out of our way? And, you know, I was just cracking very bad jokes because that's all I have is very bad <laughs> jokes. So, um, anyway, we just, uh, we laughed our way all the way to the hospital and while they were there admitting me and things like that, we just had a blast. So they, they really must have, uh, I mean, at some point they got to say, well, he has nothing wrong with him. Why are we taking him, right? That's what they did. Oh. Yeah. They, so they what actually, happened? It, it's funny. They got me into the hospital and they did all these tests, you know, the, the EKGs and they took blood work and, you know, and they finally said about an hour and a half after I was in there, they were like, there's nothing wrong with you, man. Go home. <laughs> wow. wow! You know, and I don't drink and I don't do drugs. So it wasn't that. So huh. it's, uh, it was just one of those situations, dehydration. I bet. Yeah. It yeah. reminds and me. I of... need to drink more Diet Coke, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm trying to avoid passing out here. <laughs> there you go. Got the same thing. Oh man. Yeah. I'm the only one that doesn't yeah. have water. Well, that reminds me though, when I got uh first time that I got, strangled in jujitsu, you know, where I was unconscious, choked unconscious. Mm. I woke up and I was just so confused. I didn't even know that it had happened. You know, I'm like, did I hit my head or I was just. <laughs> Does this like, happen often to you, by the way? They choke you out? Uh, usually I tap, but, uh, you know, when you're in Is the. Is that every once in a while? Yeah, you just pushed that envelope a little bit too far. Was, and, was uh, he a white belt and you're the purple <laughs> belt at the time? Much. Was he the white belt at the time? When was that? I think I think he was a blue belt, and uh, it was kind of funny since you're probing for info. <laughs> like, I actually, he had, this is in the gi, so he had, like, a hold of my collar. and uh, But I was on top of him staying like okay i'm being more aggressive and uh but he had it in deep and i'm like ah oh, no nah, it's gonna be fine and anyway like i leaned in to put him in an arm bar i was like okay this this is game over for this guy <laughs> and then he had had it in for so long it just took that little bit of lean and then whoop, were you talking the bow light, and arrow lights out the bow and arrow with the gi uh i don't remember <laughs> that night's a little foggy. Okay. <laughs> it, actually, when I was, uh, 
Yeah, because I was like sitting up, and then when I passed out, I fell backwards off of the mats. So I actually hit hit the back of my head on the concrete, and it like busted my head. <laughs> That's <too>. not good. <laughs> so <clears throat> anyway, but you know, bringing it back, jujitsu makes me really happy, and I think we're going to talk a lot about happiness today. So when I think about happy, I'm kind of imagining like this euphoric type of an idea, you know, like you just feel good. And so I'm glad that we're going to talk about it today because in some ways, you know, I've, I've talked a lot about motorcycle racing on here. And the whole reason that I want a motorcycle race is because it brings happiness. But if there's some ways that we can just get happy without having to do something or having to buy something or needing someone, then I think that that's a huge huge edge. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, but you've, you started out with quite a bit of drama that even we covered in your intro there. Tell us, tell us about all these struggles you went through. Oh, there's a lot of them. <laughs> um, I'll start with 2006. There was a, a series of things that happened in 2006. I mean, 2006 was a fantastic year. Things were going absolutely amazing business was good. You know, the family was good. I was happy and joyful and, you know, didn't expect what was coming. I found out that I had brought in a business partner to run my business while I stepped away to become an inspirational speaker and found out that hmm, he wasn't running it so well. And the business was actually taking a nosedive. So I had to jump back into my business and, you know, recreate it in order to bring it back up and bring it back in black again. And so as I was doing that, uh, I got a phone call. It was five months later. I finally got my business back into black five months later. And I got a call from my son-in-law. And he was in Korea. My daughter was in Korea with him. And he was in the military. And he told us that uh, he had gotten into a moped accident. Him and my daughter had gotten into a moped accident. And she hit her head, and she was in critical condition in the hospital. Mm. Okay. Um, 45 days later, she passed away. Wow. So did you have to go there for her or did, she, did they actually no. get her back? I had to go there for her. I had to go to Korea. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, that, that is the toughest thing that's ever happened to me in my life. And, you know, and then four months after that, I had a cerebral hemorrhage. Oh, I had wow. three veins that burst in the back of my brain, filled my brain with blood. Wow. Um, and they, they told my ex-wife, they said, call the family. He's dead tonight. What? Mm. Oh, yeah. That's serious. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, so this is, this is three major things that I went through in nine months. And, of course, what follows that? Well, when I'm, you go through these things, what follows? Well, my, my thing is, how, how, did you, how did you even survive the hemorrhaging? Like, I mean, <laughs> no, normally oh, that's man? it. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that the doctors told her, call the family, he's dead tonight. And I told the doctors, well, I had to slurp because I really couldn't speak very well. Okay. Uh, and I could, you know, I could barely make out words, you know, but if you listened really, really hard, you could understand. So anyway, I slurred to him, listen, you don't know who I am. You don't know what I'm capable of, uh, you know, of. don't tell my family that I'm going to die. And so, you know, I just... I went on and I spent two weeks in the hospital. I spent four months sleeping in a lazy boy because I couldn't lay down in bed because it would make my, my head pound really, really bad. 
six months to learn how to walk normally, six months to learn how to talk normally, and about nine years to rebuild my brain. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wait, I think I'm still doing it. <laughs> Guilty. But, nice. Yeah. But um, so then you fell you know, into depression is about, about a year later. I'm sorry. Did you say something? Oh, I was saying so. So you fell into depression right after that, that hemorrhaging. Yes. Was it was it right away or did it slowly get worse and worse? Oh, no, I, I got to tell you, it was right away. I mean, I, I just, um, you know, it, she passed away and, and I handled it pretty well until I got back here uh, to Florida. And, and then it was, I remember talking to people and right in the middle of talking to them, I'd break out crying. Mm. And, you know, it was just like, I couldn't finish sentences. Matter of fact, I met Dan Marino one time and I started talking to him and I know he has a son that has autism. And I said, you know, I, I understand that you were blessed to have a son with autism, you know, and I just started crying. And I got to tell you, Dan Marino was amazing amazing he stopped his procession his procession was like let's go we gotta go we gotta go we gotta go he's like no 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 hang on this is important and he waited for me to to stop crying and ask me what i wanted you know and i apologized to him i said listen i'm sorry man but my daughter passed away and he was very sympathetic he stopped he took a picture with me and he let me you know let me finish whatever the business i wanted with him it wasn't business it was just a pleasure to meet him yeah. And I got to tell you, he took the time to just stop and listen and acknowledge, which was incredible. That is great because I've met some, some famous people that won't spend any time with a lot of people. And then I've met some that are just phenomenal. So yeah. it's, it's good to hear someone like Dan Marino's doing that. Unfortunately, he's not a cowboy, but you know, <laughs> we'll forgive him, I guess. <laughs> but, That's true. Yeah, well, the Dolphins are my favorite team, so, you know. <laughs> so, so tell us some more. Tell us some more. So you're, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm no expert, but it seems like in COVID land, depression is something that probably more people are having to deal with now. So you're kind of having to deal that. What's, what was your path out and kind of, yeah, just, just keep telling that story. You know, I, I began to really look at myself and, you know, see what was going on with me. And I knew I had to change things. And then it, it took me about a year of the depression. And I was at the VA one day with my, my wife and um, she asked me a question. And it's a question that really is a simple answer. She said, what do you want for your birthday? My birthday was coming up. I started thinking about it and I couldn't think of anything monetary that I wanted. And I said, you know what? I don't know. I just want people to get along for one day. That's it. Just one day. I started thinking about it. And I'm like, you know, I know I can't create that. You can't get everybody to get along for one day, but you can get as many people as you meet to smile one time. So I decided I was going to create that. And I was going to start sharing my smile with 10 million people. So on the first one was my doctor that was doing the, the scan. He was trying to find my brain. I said, ah, good luck, doc. <laughs> Ain't going to happen. <laughs> oh, um, but, you know, the funny thing about it is that you're in a depression. Okay? So you don't think you have anything to smile about. And then all of a sudden you decide, I'm, I'm going to share my smile with 10 million people. 
Now, where did I get the idea that I wanted to share my smile from my daughter? Okay. Sometimes life hands us these really ugly, ugly, ugly packages. And this was the ugliest package I've ever received was the death of my daughter. But I opened up that package and I started looking inside. What's behind this? Okay, this is what I see. What's behind it that I don't see, that I can learn from, that I can become a better person from? And the thing was that when my ex asked me that question, the thing that came to mind is, you know what? My daughter loved the smile. And she was in Korea with the Koreans, and, you know, she taught them English, and she was always being happy and joyful and, and just spreading as much of her joy as she could and living life to the fullest. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to step up and I'm going to take that further. So she gave me the gift of the smile. That is awesome. But I didn't have the ability to share it because I was in a depression. So, so if you're in a depression and you can't smile, what do you do? I don't. You fake it till you make it. Yeah. Yeah, just go out there and it, it doesn't matter what your smile looks like. It doesn't matter what you feel like. Go out there and share it. Help people, you know, go, Hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. How can I help you? If you have an issue in your life, go find other people that have that same issue, help them. And what that's going to do is that's going to give you the ability to look at your issues and learn what it is that you need in order to move forward in your own life. Plus you're helping somebody else. That doesn't hurt at all. Does it? No. <laughs> so, so at what point did, did your homelessness, your drinking, your alcohol, uh, your your drugs, when did that fall into play? Oh, that was that was way before. Way before, um, okay. The drinking, I quit drinking when I was when I was in the military. Okay, I was 82nd Airborne in the Army. Uh, I quit drugs at 27 years old, uh, and now that's that's. Can I share a little bit of that story? Yeah, yeah, please, please. Okay, all right, so. Here it is. I've been a drug addict. You know, I started all my stuff when I was 12 years old. And that's when I started smoking cigarettes. That's when I started drinking a little bit. That's when I started smoking pot. You know, so that was kind of a critical time for me. And so here it is. I'm 27 years old. I already quit drinking, but I was like hooked on drugs. And my drugs of choice, coilos and cocaine. So I wake up one morning and surprisingly, I didn't light up a joint or snort a line or eat a lube before I went into the bathroom. I normally just did those things. Then I went to go about my day. So this time I just walked right into the bathroom and I looked in the mirror and I saw myself for the first time in years. It was like, I, I looked and I was like, who's this guy? What's that all about? I don't recognize who this is. And, you know, I, I really, I just kind of put my hand on the vanity and I, I looked down and I started thinking about it, and I'm like, what's going on with my life? And I look back up, and I'm going to tell you something. Mirror work is critical in life. Mirror work is amazing work to do. I looked up in the mirror, and I looked into my own eyes, and I said, Eddie, do you want to live or die? Because I knew that if I kept on this path, I was dead. Wow. I was going to be dead by the time I was probably 30. So mirror so I, Mirror work, what you mean is looking yourself in the mirror and really examining yourself, inner examining and out. Seeing who you are. Ask the questions about who you are. 
and you will get the answers. They may not be what you like, but you get the answers. Yeah. And instead of yourself, you know, instead of saying, well, why am I like this? Say, what can I do to move forward from this and become a better person? What can I do to change the parts of my life that I want to change? Because if you ask, why am I like this? That's a never ending question. There's just a loop that goes on. Yeah. You know, you just keep, oh, oh that brings another question, another question, another question. <laughs> and these questions aren't the ones that are important. The questions that are important are the ones that are going to move you forward. What's going to get you to that next place? Mm-hmm. You know, what is going to make the difference in your life that you can take and you can actually share it out to people and let them see the changes that you're making and they go, wow, what's going on with you? What are you doing? And then you start saying, hey, I've become happier and I'm joyful. And <laughs> my life is changing and all this is going on. And, and it really, it helps you to adapt better to life when you understand who you are, what you're about, what you represent, and what you can bring to the people beyond yourself. Yeah. So is that, you know, did you have another one of these kind of aha moments um, you know, right before you started spreading your smile around? I mean, was that another, you're standing in the mirror, like, do I want to be depressed or kind of, how did that go? I mean, that's what it sounds. That's what I'm hearing is that you kind of yeah. come to these crossroads and, and <laughs> All right, here's a little bit more mirror work. Okay. What I, I, I don't know how many of you out there or, and you guys, you know, John and Alton, I don't know if you ever say hello to yourself. Do you ever do that? No, no, I can't right? say I have. No. no, you say hello to everybody else. You smile at them. Hi, how you doing? You know, and hope you're having a great day. But how many times do you say that to yourself? Hmm. Most people don't at all. One of the things that I started to do is I started to go in the morning. When I got up in the morning and I went in front of the mirror to brush my teeth, I'd say, hey, Eddie, how's it going? You having a, you're going to have a great day today. Today's beautiful. But, you know, me being an energy guy, I did a little bit different. I went, Eddie, how's it going, man? God, it's good to have you in my life. If you weren't here, life would not be the same. There would be no life. You're amazing. Thank you for being here and sharing yourself with everybody that you can, sharing that smile. I guess yeah, it'd be hard to not that. smile in the morning then if I did that, huh? Yeah. Hey, well, fake it till you make it, right? I mean, <laughs> that's right. Fake it till you make it, you know? until, until the I mean, wife hears it and she's like, what are you doing, you weirdo? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? When you go in the mirror and you say hello to yourself, you look at yourself in the eyes, say hello to yourself, you're going to think, this is nuts. But I guarantee you, you do it for 30 days, you're going to be laughing at yourself and you're going to be feeling better and, and just telling yourself positive messages and, you know, finding out about you, is, it changed your life completely. Yeah, it reminds me, I'm reading this book, and, uh, and it talks about how we talk to ourselves and how we see ourselves. And one yes. of the things that, that they pointed out in the book is that, just like you said, when was the last time you spoke to yourself? And, and perhaps some of us could look and say, well, I was pretty critical on myself today in this business decision that I made, or I was pretty critical on myself about how I treated my daughter today, kind of lost my cool or right. And we could probably go down that list of all the things that we messed up. But Mm -hmm. then when was the last time we complimented ourselves? Say, you know what, Alton, man, you closed that deal today like a 
boss. Like, that was great. Man, look at you being patient with your kids because all these bad things are happening, <laughs> but you're just being the nice dad like you can yeah. be. And it kind of like blew my mind because I thought, I mean, I'm really good at being critical, oh, yeah. especially of myself, but I'm not very good at giving myself compliments even when I deserve them. But I was thinking, uh, Eddie, what you were saying, <laughs> like, I'm going to walk in the mo- in the bathroom tomorrow morning and I'm just going to say, good morning, handsome. There you <laughs> go. Just, <laughs> nice to see you today. You're looking good. <laughs> there you go. So I, I really love it, it. Man. You know? I got it's, something it's to bug him fun. about every time I see him. Yep. Did you say hi to yourself today? Work on that tan, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's been known for me showing up to do a podcast, and he's tanning out on the trampoline, and hey, I'm sitting here going, what? "Are, are we doing a show, that, or are we just going to tan?" Vitamin D. That's right. That's right. Oh, so so I guess let's take it back. Is it 2007 ish when uh, you finally decided you were going to share your smile? Uh, so let's go back there. What happened when you decided you were going to share this going forward? Well, I came up with a project, and it's it's gone through a few different names, but it's now named the Smile Away Project, and where it's my mission to help create happiness ambassadors that will go out there and share their smiles and teach other people how to how to spread it. You know, because people think, okay. You heard that saying, misery loves company, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Guess what? So does happiness. Yes. Happiness loves company. And, and, you know, any little thing that you can find that may be a negative, you can take it, turn it around, and find some positive inside of it. And and it doesn't really matter what it is. I mean, if I can find positive in the death of my daughter, okay, then why can't somebody else find positive during the COVID? Absolutely. There's a, there's a lot of things going on with the COVID. Mm. You know, I mean, I'm going through the COVID. I've got stage four colon cancer. Mm. So I'm compromised. You have this right I, now. Oh, yeah. I've got stage four colon cancer now. Oh, wow. When when yeah. did you get that notice? Oh, I, well, I was first diagnosed with cancer in 2014. Okay. So I had a colonoscopy. Um, then in 2017, I got pneumonia. Oh no. And you know, after getting pneumonia, I remember I walked into my doctor's office and she's like, you know, Eddie, it's been a hundred days since you had pneumonia. Why don't we check, check you out and see how your lungs are doing? I said, okay, great doc. Let's do that. So <laughs> it, it's funny. She checked it out and she saw a mass, you know, they did an x-ray and they saw mass and stuff like that. And they said, well, we need you to come in. Um, and we want to do a biopsy on your mass. I said, okay, cool, let's do it, you know? So they, they did this biopsy, and they said, okay, we have to check this out, see if it's cancerous, da 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 So a few days later, I get a call from my doctor. I'm in my car, I'm driving down the road, and my doctor says, uh, Eddie, I've got some news for you on the, you know, on, on the biopsy. And I said, oh, great, doc. And I'm thinking, no, this is going to be good news, right? Because she's calling me on the phone. Exactly. So she says, you have stage 4 colon cancer. And I went, Really? Oh, wow, that's weird. I said, hey, Doc, let me ask you something. You know, you, normally you bring a patient in, you sit them down in your office, and you say, you have stage 4 colon cancer. But you told me on the phone that I've got stage 4. She says, yeah, that's because I know you can handle it. 
Mm. Yeah. Wow. And so they were like, okay, now, you know, you got to do chemotherapy, you got to do radiation, we need to cut out, you know, part of your lung, all this stuff. And I says, you know, I just don't like those options. <laughs> I mean, so come on, Let, let's, let's think of some other things that I can do. And, you know, they were telling me, well, if you don't do these things, you're going to be dead in a couple of months, you know, and stuff. And I said, hmm, I don't think so. I don't think so. Wow. And so anyway, I started doing holistic work. And I, you know, I lost a lot of weight. I started eating right. I started taking, you know, all kinds of supplements and things like this. And it worked fantastic. I mean, I have, I, I got to say, I'm grateful to cancer because w- through cancer, I was able to knock out my diabetes. I was wow. able to knock out my high blood pressure. Okay. I was able to lose 60 pounds. Hey, that's so, always a plus. Got a lot of things to be grateful for, right? And, you know, the the funny thing is, is that people kept saying, you know, hey, man, you're fighting with cancer and this and that, you know, and I I, I was like, you know, fighting cancer, not fighting cancer, I'm dancing with it. (laughs) And they're like, (laughs) sorry, I didn't mean to make a joke. (laughs) Are you going to (laughs) go? So I said, yeah, you know, I said, why am I going to fight this? Because that's only, that's bad energy. That's not good. Mm. So, you know, I turned it around and I kept telling people, listen, you know, here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to take cancer and I'm going to dance with it. Okay. And I'm going to spin it. I'm going to dip it. And then I'm going to throw it out into the universe. (laughs) So they can't touch me anymore. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, I mean, here it is three years later, actually seven years since I first got diagnosed. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, sure. I got I got stage four colon. It's still there, but I feel great. So I mean, do I look bad? No, no. no. Uh, I mean, extremely I, handsome. I better extremely look handsome. as good as you at your age. Uh, no, I'm better now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know. So I mean. Oh, so, sorry to interrupt. Uh, but you know, where where does it stand right now? Like, I mean, you said I think it was fourteen. Uh, is when you got the official news, and I mean we're 2020. That's six years. Has it gotten better? Has it decreased? What What's going on? Well, the thing is, it, it was better. Then it started to grow, and you know that's when they, you know, when it metastasized and stuff like that. That's when they told me you're going to be dead in two months. Um, mm. And oh, the stories. Oh, uh, it was it was funny. I was having a good time with one doctor, and he was he was telling me <laughs> I. I went to him and, and I had a little bit of, of blood in my, my spit that I had put on a napkin and he saw the napkin and he says, so now you're spitting up blood. And I said, well, you know, a little bit. Yeah. And he says, and pretty soon you're going to spit up more blood and then more blood and more blood. And then you're going to bleed out. And I said, Oh, by the way, I don't have to clean up the blood, you know? And he was <laughs> like, you know, he said, well, you don't want to bleed out on a white couch. And I said, I'll lay some plastic down on it to make sure it's cool, you know. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's it's funny because people, you know, when you share something like that, they're like, what? You know, and it's really not a what moment. It's a, okay, I've got something to do here. Huh. Get it done. I mean, where it stands now, it grew to 5.7, okay? So it was pushing up against my aorta. And my lungs, I mean, my, uh, my ribs. Okay. So, you know, they were like, Oh, that's it. You know, you're done and all that stuff. And my surgeon, I told my surgeon, I said, I'm going to do surgery. 
because I don't want you to cut out half my lung or my entire lung. And I told the, you know, my uh, oncologist that I said, I'm not going to do chemo radiation, you know, um, and I didn't. Then when it grew to 5.7, I decided, okay, you know what? I'm doing this my way, not your way. And I said, if I'm going to do chemo, I don't want to do radiation, and I'm not going to uh, do full-blown chemo. I want to do low-dose. So they put me on low-dose about five months ago. And I do it every other week, seven days on, seven days off. And I have no side effects except for a couple times when I threw up, I got sick. And the funny thing is both times I was swimming. <laughs> really? I was like, yeah, I was in a lake. And it seemed like all the pressure uh, from the water when I was trying to swim just, you know, caused a different effect. Um, but uh, What, what anyway, lake now, do we need to avoid now? I just had a CAT scan. Uh, the day that I went into the hospital, <laughs> I got them to do a CAT scan. And I said, hey, you know, while you're checking me out, you might as well check this out, you know. So they did. And it has shrunken. Uh, it's, well, it's down to 3.1, I believe it is. Holy nice. moly. That is yeah. awesome. And my my cancer numbers were at 25.7. Now they're at 3.2. So Boy. my cancer numbers, the markers are at a normal person's markers. Wow. And yeah. you, you think it is possible it was the low chemo that did it for you? Yeah, I think that, you know, the combination of what I was doing before, you know, going holistic and doing that, and then adding in the low dose rather than the full-blown chemos really helped me out. You, you know, know so. me and Alton were talking the other day. You were telling me, Alton, about the vitamin uh, IV. Yes. You, vitamin is that, drip, is yeah. that part of yeah. your holistic yeah, that's, that's part of the holistic. Unfortunately, I don't get to do a lot of it, but it's vitamin C, you know. Um, and, you know, I got to make the disclaimer, talk to your doctors before you do this, yeah. you know, because I'm not a doctor or anything. Um, but the I did some vitamin C infusions. Uh, I did some hyperbaric chamber to go along mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they it's one of the things that people are talking about, that it's really, really good to do that. Um, because it helps a lot with the, with the, you know, the cancer, um, helping to put it into remission. And, you know, there's a lot of other things that you can do uh, to be able to help. Number one, smile. <laughs> okay. Laugh, play, enjoy. When you talk about the cancer, don't say I'm fighting cancer. Because guess what? You're fighting cancer. That's a negative energy that you're putting out there. And I believe a lot in positive energy. That's why I say I'm dancing with it. It doesn't rule my life. And that's one of the things that I got to say, anybody that has any illness, do not let it rule your life. Because when you let it rule your life, you're giving away your power. You're giving away your energy. Take it and embrace the fact that you have it and say, you know what? I'm going to live the best life that I possibly can live, even though I'm going through this situation. Wow. And... It, it, you know, I mean, my cerebral hemorrhage, I cured my cerebral hemorrhage through laughter. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people, when they, they hear someone, like you say that they're like, ah, you know, and they just, it's an easy thing to hear and then dismiss. It's almost like it's too simple to actually work, you know, but like if you get into the scientific studies and, and things that people have done about how, 
your attitude can affect your life. It's, yeah. it's crazy. I was reading this book by Aubrey Marcus. He's the CEO of on it. And he was, he was talking about, there's uh, some studies and if y'all are listening to the podcast, you know, I'm not the details guy. So you're going to have to go <laughs> and read the book, but, go study this. Google. Yeah, but he was explaining how your attitude towards food can change what it does in your body. And so like if I eat ice cream and I think it's going straight to my hips, then it might just go straight to my hips. But if I believe that this is good fats and, and sugar, that's going to give me a lot of energy for me to crush a workout and, and put on some muscle, like just those thoughts can totally yeah. change how it all works in your body, which is, you know, kind of crazy to me, but there are studies that back up these ideas. And so it's not just you saying these things. It's like, <laughs> you know, uh, your life is, is proof of it as well. Well, I mean, it absolutely is talking about yeah. smiling all the time is, you know, I I've heard the past. If you sm like, if you have a stomach ache and you're going to throw up, you're supposed to smile and it's supposed to help that, uh, feeling go away and it keeps you from throwing up. Have you heard of uh, the benefits uh, statistically from smiling? Well, the thing is that smiles produce endorphins. Like if you smile for more than 30 seconds, it produces endorphins that actually help to heal your body. Now, the opposite mm -hmm. side of that is if you're angry or mad or upset for more than 30 seconds, your body starts to release the poisons that actually help to deteriorate your body when you die. So you're actually cutting off your life when you're angry, mad, and upset, and you're extending your life when you're happy, you're joyful, and laughing. So it, it, we're like, you know, we're all like little Energizer bunny batteries, <laughs> you know? The more we run around and we move and we shake and we do and we laugh and we play, okay, the more energy that we have. You know, people ask me all the time, Eddie, why are you so energetic? Because I move. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know this. You know this, Alton, with, with the karate and, and all mm -hmm. that. Is it karate, taekwondo? Well, it, it's jujitsu, but jiu -jitsu. You know, to your yeah. point, I uh, recently I started trying to lift more weights. And uh, anyway, I, I had made this excuse in my mind that, well, I'm doing jujitsu, so... I probably don't have enough energy to lift weights and do jujitsu. That was a story right. that I told myself. I only have so much energy. Jujitsu is hard, you know, all of these things. Well, I did it anyway. And, uh, and I found jujitsu is so much. Well, I'm going to be careful how I say this. <laughs> I find that lifting weights and doing jujitsu is easier than only doing jujitsu. And it's because of that, that movement, that energy. And, uh, Interesting. so yeah, it's, it's perfect. Yeah. And, and you're absolutely right. And I'd like to share another story if you don't mind. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, and it's along with what you say, it's adding two things together to work in unison that can get you to a greater place. And now I told you, I, you know, made this smile project and things like this. And I was doing all kinds of stuff. You know, I, I did a thing called happiness in the park where there's 350 of us that were smiling and waving simultaneously. 
We yep. broke a Guinness Book of World Records, but they didn't <laughs> put it in the book, unfortunately. Uh, was uh, that that Dolphins, video that you did it for like uh, 10 minutes or something? What's that? Was that the video you did for like 10 minutes or something? Yeah, for three minutes, yeah. There you yeah, go. Yeah, I was uh, smiling and waving. You know, that was that video. Um, I, I did a thing with the Miami Dolphins. It's Smile and Wave America Day. They actually did it at one of the football games. I did it at three different times at football games, NFL football games. And, wow. they, you know, they sponsored me and stuff like that. So that was amazing. But in 2011, okay, I decided that I wanted to do a video in Washington, D.C. that said, Smile and Wave America, we love you. So I wanted to spread the smile. So I was going to drive out there and do that. And I walked out to my driveway one day, and my van was sold. I'm like, how am I going to get to Washington now? You know, I didn't worry about the van stolen. I worried about how am I going to do this video in Washington, D.C.? That's my transportation. So I decided that what I was going to do is I was going to walk to Washington, D.C., what? It's it's so it's our modern age Forrest Gump. He just didn't I run. Know, he walked. <laughs> well, I'm Eddie Gump, Forrest's cousin. <laughs> you know, yeah, my cousin Forrest. You know, he he ran for three years. I'm lazy. I walked. Well, we'll forgive you. Yeah. I mean, you have cancer, right? So what's that? Yeah, you have cancer. So we'll we'll forgive you this time. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I did that before the cancer. Oh, you did. Yeah, okay. You okay. said it's an excuse. I'll, I'll change time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and you know how his mother used to say life is like a box of chocolates? Mm-hmm. I say life is like a box of donuts. It's got a lot of holes in it, but it's really sweet. Mm. <laughs> nice. Like it. But, so what I decided to do is I decided to you know, kind of combine the smile with the energy of that video, the Smile Away of America, We Love You. So... I, I did. I, I literally went on the road. I went three weeks later. I went on the road with $200 in my pocket. I didn't have a plan as to where I was going to eat. I didn't know where I was going to sleep. I didn't know what I was going to do, except for I was going to smile away. But everybody I saw on that trip to Washington, D.C., and do that video. And I wound up in New York City, Manhattan. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you, you overshot D.C. just a little. <laughs> a little bit. But when you combine things and you set a goal for it like you know that's a beautiful thing and john i know you got a story man oh i mean <laughs> <What's your story? laughs> i i have way too many stories but I, you know as as far as smiling and trying to remain happy you know i've i went through a divorce and that divorce hurt me pretty bad um i think the worst part of it though was when uh, I was confronted, and, and she told me she was going to take my daughter and, and move to South Carolina. And I tell you what, you talk about depression. I mean, it's yeah. Uh, I can't say it's anything like what you experienced, but to me, it felt like it because it was just you're taking the most precious thing away from me that I have, and now I've got to figure out how I'm going to see her as much or anywhere near like I was I was doing because I was, I was number one dad. I was trying to do everything possible. I would do more time than the courts would allow and, and things like that. But you know, it, it turned into other people helping me get that smile, like you said, and it turned into, wait a second, 
I have an excuse to take a three or four day weekend every other month, fly to South Carolina, and then we go to Myrtle Beach and have a blast. I mean, we had so many good memories there, and um, it's still, you know, I, it's, I still feel bad that I, I missed all these special moments and things like that, but, man, I, I built up a lot, and, uh, and of course, I just kept praying and praying, and she's back, so she's uh, she's close by, and luckily Alton and her his kids have gotten to spend a lot of time with her, and and I think she's back to uh, the good, lovable self she is. Um, they beautiful stories i love that yeah i love so, that you know you guys you guys should help me with my next book oh i always wanted to be in a book oh absolutely <laughs> just, just draw me in <laughs> a conversation with a fly on the wall <laughs> two flies or just yeah. one fly i just need to know if i got to get rid of somebody <laughs> so well, I got Jetty to fly that flies around and he watches people mm. and then he tells the stories, you nice. know, and it, it turns out really cool. So how many oh, books do you have? Cool. How many books do I have? Uh-huh. Uh, that all depends. Um, written books. I've got a couple of written books already out there. Um, I've got like four other books that I wrote a chapter in. And then I got a couple of other books that they writ- wrote a little bit about me in them. Uh, and then I got the, the one that I'm doing now with the conversation with the fly on the wall. So, <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's probably, if you put them all together, maybe six, six or eight, something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So what's the, uh, I mean, what's the purpose of this, this book with the, with the fly? With the fly just... on the wall. Um, you know, it's funny because this is, this is a true life story about a family that lived in Tennessee. Well, actually, they lived in Miami, moved to Tennessee to help their daughter out, okay? And they ended up building a house from the ground up with no electric, no water. They spent the time in the country. They, they built the house. The husband cut the wood with a chainsaw, okay? And everybody, including a little eight-year-old daughter, uh, pitched in and was putting the house together, you know, banging nails and things like that, totally done with hand tools, okay? Built floor four walls, one window, one door, a roof, and moved in. One wide open space. And went six months without electric, okay, a year without water. Wow. Yeah. And this is, this is the fly, flying around and seeing how this house was built, the adventures that they went through, the challenges that they had, um, and how they put it all together. And in the end, one big happy family. Wow. So, you know, we're getting close to the deciding factor, but I actually have got to drill you on two more things. So you <laughs> talked about the bunny rabbits, right? Uh, <laughs> I, I did. I, yeah, you know what I'm about to talk about. I watched I the videos and there is a YouTube video of you being on the news in a bunny outfit, uh, downtown. Uh, was it Miami? Yep. Downtown Miami. Oh, and you're jumping around with some ears and a, a, a U.S. flag cowboy hat, I think is what it was. <laughs> and you were trying to get everyone and their mother to wave at you, to say hi, just to smile. Yeah. <laughs> it had some awkward moments. I did, I did notice that. But tell me, what drove you to do that? Well, you know, that's a, that's a really funny story because uh, I wanted to become an inspirational speaker, but I couldn't speak in front of people. 
I couldn't say two words. As a matter of fact, I was worse on the radio than I was actually trying to speak in public. Really? And, and you know, the only thing that would have come out of my mouth would be like, you know, so kind of like uh, my intros. Yeah. I was with my wife at the time and, you know, I told her, I said, I got to do something to break this, this freaking fear that I have, you know, and, and another fear I had, I could not read in front of people. Mm-hmm. So out of the corner of my eye, when I was sitting in my room, out of the corner of my eye, I saw the rabbit suit that I had used in a training to sing in front of 350 people to break <laughs> my fear of public speaking. Didn't work. <laughs> So I said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to grab this rabbit suit. I'm going to put it on. And this thing is, you know, you got the pink, pink ears, okay? It's a full suit. Uh, you see my face, and i got a pink tail. So, I mean, people laugh at me like crazy. Um, but anyway, I said, I'm going to put on the rabbit suit, and I'm going to go out, you know, groups of people, and I'm going to say, hi, my name's Eddie Rodriguez, and I just want to say hi, and how you doing? And, you know, and I went, no. <laughs> That's just dumb, you know? So I'm an amateur poet. And I said, I know what I got it. What I'm going to do is another fear that I have is that reading in front of people. So I'm going to take my poem, go in the rabbit suit, and I'm going to read the poem to people. So it's 2 o'clock in the morning when I started this conversation. And about 2.30, I decided, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. So I'm a man who says, you know, as soon as, it, as soon as I decide something, I do the first action to make sure that I'm going to implement it. Mm-hmm. So where do you go? 2.30 in the morning. To read people poems in a rabbit suit. I mean. Only place that's open. Bars. Bars. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to the local bar. I pull up. I put my, <laughs> my hood on, you know, with the ears and stuff. And I got my poem in my hand. I walk up to these five guys. They're obviously drunk out of their brains. And I walk up and I say, can I read you a poem? <laughs> oh, I got to tell you, I, I didn't know if they were going to like beat the heck out of me or they're going to let me read it, you know, but they said, sure, go ahead. So I read it to them and they, they kind of looked at me oddly and said, why is a grown man dressed in a rabbit suit <laughs> reading us a poem? <laughs> And I told him what I was doing. I said, I'm trying to break my fear of public speaking. Okay. Now, everybody says people are bad and stuff like that, right? What do these guys do? They actually applaud me. Oh. So I went inside. <laughs> you know, wound up at 6.30 in the morning at Bennigan's talking to these guys about spirituality. Wow. It was, you know, it was great. Yeah. So, and I got hooked. I started doing it all the time. People loved it. Yeah. So like <clears throat> I found with, with myself, cause I, I think I've said it on the show. I secretly enjoy awkward moments. And uh, I mean, to me, it's kind of funny. And, and for me, it's like a little bit of awkwardness is that discomfort. And for me, it's like, if I'm not uncomfortable, then I'm not growing. And so when I get into that, Yes. <laughs> an awkward moment. I like to just kind of bathe in it a little bit because I've shifted my perspective to say that this is me growing <laughs> a little bit because I'm not really comfortable right now. Right. And, and I found that just sitting in traffic, you know, I think I was reading some book or listening to some podcast and they were like, you know, your smile is free. Just give it away. And, right. 
And even in Texas, which is supposed to be a friendly state, I find, I mean, I've got a pretty big obnoxious smile and I'll just, you know, full (laughs) on smile at people in a car next to me. And it's funny how many people are creeped out. Like, what what is this dude smiling at? Like, like you need a reason to just share some cheer. So, I mean, how I'm assuming that you, you've gotten some of that and how do you, you push through it and overcome that? Or, I mean, what are some techniques that we can use to, to make that uh, more contagious maybe? (laughs) Well, you know, one of the things is, is that what you have to do is you have to look at yourself and find out what are you most uncomfortable with and do exactly what you did. Mm -hmm. You know, you go out there and you share your smile. I mean, for me, it was, you know, speaking in public, talking on the radio, doing podcasts. Back then, they really didn't have a whole lot of podcasts. But I would not have been able to do this if I didn't (laughs) get out of my comfort zone. Because when you get out of your comfort zone, you get the growth. You know, why do you think they make dreams so big? It's to stretch you to reach them. Mm -hmm. Because when you stretch yourself, you make that box. You know how they talk about the box? Right. You make that box bigger. You push the envelope. And that box expands. As you expand and start doing things that you're not comfortable with, everything else starts to expand and starts to open up new opportunities and new doors and new smiles. Yeah. Yeah. It's taking your mindset, looking at yourself. When you start thinking about something and you're like in a negative mindset, ask yourself, huh, what is it about this thing that bothers me? And you start, you start going into that and you start asking the question, what is it that I can do to move myself past this? Yeah. What can I do to figure it out? And like I said before, one of the things that you can do is you can go help somebody else that has that same mission. That's going to help push you out of your comfort zone because you're going out there and you're helping somebody else to do something. And that, that I got to tell you, you know, sometimes it's like, Whoa, I'm trying to help these people. I didn't even have to gather myself. (laughs) You know, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm, I'm giving them advice. But yeah. guess what? When you see somebody else's problem, you have a solution for it. When you see your own problem, it's like, oh, my gosh, this is, this is you know, it's devastating. This is like the Mount Everest of problems. Yep. And it can actually be a small anthill. Huh. We, we have a tendency to overblow what the issues are. And if we can take those issues and we can knock them down, you know, by, by throwing different things at it, you know, let's try this, boom. But think out of the box. Don't do the norm because the norm will trip you up every single time. Mm-hmm. It's when we get out of the box and we start trying different things. You know, it, it's like with me in the rabbit suit, okay, <laughs> with me walking across the United States, my brain still wasn't completely rebuilt, and I'm out there, and probably that's why I did it. I don't know. <laughs> you know, but I'm out there, and I'm smiling and waving at cars, you know, and I have no money to do this with. You know, I had no idea what I was up against. Like, I'm, I'm walking, right? And where am I going to sleep? I have no idea. I had to find out every single day where I was going to sleep. Now, of course, when somebody says, yes, you have to stay there. So I don't know if you know those hotels. Uh, you know those hotels? No. Mm-mm. It's a five-star. 
Yeah, you know Marriotts and Hiltons and yeah, yeah. Like, I, I had to stay at those places because they said yes. I had to suffer through that. I had to suffer through eating at Roos Chris. Mm. Okay, steak, uh, uh, privately owned steakhouses, privately owned seafood houses, uh, chefs. You know these TV chefs. I stayed at one of the. I ate at one of the TV chefs' places, one of his restaurants. Yes. All, all for free, or what? What happened? All for free. They're just sponsoring you, right? Because yeah, they, they want to be behind your mission. They want to And that's support. that's it right there. Mm-hmm. You have a mission that's going to help people around you, not just you. When if you're going to make a mission, if I can please ask you, first of all, how does it help others, not just yourself? How does you know what is what you're doing going to help the world or the people around you or a little piece of your world? How can it expand it out into somebody else's world where it's to their advantage? Okay. Yes, you're going to do things for yourself, but if you make it more about the people, I guarantee you that it's going to grow that much bigger and it's going to be that much better. And you would be amazed at what can happen for you when you're for the people. It's just, it's it's such a beautiful thing. We got to stop inviting smart people on our show, Alan. <laughs> I mean, it sounds almost, and I don't know what your beliefs are, but it, it sounds to me like, um, you know, you were presented with this brain issue, right? And, and that kind of, in some ways, led to these events that, that, you, that you took on. And I think sometimes, you know, and I know I'm guilty of this, it's like you, f- you see this problem and then you focus on the problem, but like... I believe in God and that there's a higher power and and maybe that problem was presented to you because you had the gift that you were going to take that problem. And when you unpacked it, the result of that was going to be so much more than maybe someone else. And it's kind of maybe feels crappy (laughs) when you're that guy. Like I'm thinking in the Bible, like Jonah and Nineveh, God's like, you're the guy. And he's like, no, I'm not. I'm out. And God's like, no, you're the one. So, um, you know, sometimes that's, that's us. But when we embrace it, uh, then, I mean, you're, you're a perfect example of, I mean, just even living with cancer with a positive attitude, that's like such a huge win. And we're seeing that, like you mentioned, it's even compounding on, on itself and helping you heal. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, the way I look at it is I'm not living with cancer. Cancer has to live with me. <laughs> you tell him who's boss. Feel, what's that? <laughs> you tell him who's boss. I love I'm it, telling you, I, love I feel it. bad for it, you know? <laughs> so, but, you know. So I guess before we do that deciding factor, my last question for you is, since you've started the smile, uh, it was 10 million smiles. Well, actually, when I started the project, it was um, smile and a wave day. I wanted to create a day for the calendar where people went out and smiled and waved at each other. Okay. That's the way that it got started until I found out it takes $3 billion to make a day for the calendar. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, Ooh, okay, I think I'm going to shift this. You know? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Note to self. So I finally came up with the Smile and Wave project and, and, you know, 10 million smiles because in 2007, after everything happened and I, I got asked that question, what do you want for your birthday? I decided I want to share, you know, 10 million smiles in my lifetime. So, so since you started this project, 
what's your biggest aha or success story uh, for you? My biggest aha is how simple it can be. Because everybody thinks it has to be tough and you have to do this grandiosis things in order to be able to get great results. So it's really very simple. If you don't think, you know, way out there in left field, shoot, shoot for Mars. Okay. And if you fail, then you're going to come down and you're going to catch the moon. Okay. But it doesn't have to be one of those things that, you know, I mean, I, I've got to do all these huge things and, and, you know, get all these people involved and things like that for it to work. No, it can work and use the simplest methods that you can. Okay. And that's kind of like my aha moment. The, the biggest thing that I learned from all of this is that people are amazing. I mean, they are fantastic, astronomical. They are more beautiful than you can ever imagine. And I got to experience that along that walk from mm-hmm. Florida to New York. Wow. I mean, I started with $200, ended with $200. And <laughs> how many times do you think that I slept outside? Yeah. How many uh, times do you think? I, I would have said at least 90% of the time. Okay. Alton, what do you think? Well, I, for the record, I like sleeping outside some, but uh, <laughs> if it was outside of the Marriott, I'd probably, <laughs> probably <laughs> take you up on the Marriott. I'm going to say <laughs> nine out of 10 days, you, you got a place to stay. Okay. I never slept outside once. I didn't want to. I wanted to shower every day. Okay. I wanted to wake up in the morning, drink my coffee, watch a little bit of TV, relax, then get going fresh and clean. I wanted to wash my clothes and I wanted to live like a normal life, except for during the day I was walking getting all sweaty, you know, uh, you know, but yeah, it was, and people and corporations stood up. You know, the regular everyday people, they stood up. They helped me to get through this. And then the corporations, it was the the people that worked for the corporations that stepped up and said, yes, you can stay in our hotels. Wow. And it wasn't just hotels. It was, you know, I stayed at a cop's house one time. Uh, You know, great guy. I I used the computer inside a police car in Georgia. (laughs) 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 Helping me all over the place. Nice. So, yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of a, of a story from David Goggins, and I forget who it was, but it was some executive invited this Navy SEAL to live with them and, uh, for 30 days or something. And he's like, if this guy's crazy enough to invite me, I'm crazy enough to go. And, <laughs> and it's like this idea of inspiration and attraction that, um, you know, you can just create these things. I mean, that was a huge aha moment in my life was when I realized I can do things that inspire and affect the entire world around me to, um, just whatever act respond. And, you know, you said, Hey, I'm just going to go walk and I'm going to smile. That's going to be the engine. That's the energy is the smile and the wave (laughs) and, you know, in faith and you just, uh, attracted so much. Like probably if you started, adding up the dollars that people sponsored you one. And I don't know if you did, but I'm sure it's not a small amount. I I played with the numbers 
And, you know, when I look at it, I think, wow, it's incredible the amount of money that it would have cost if I paid for this trip. Because, I mean, I stayed at some hotels that were 350, 450 a night. I stayed yeah. in one in and when I, when I got to Manhattan, I think they were going to give me the next day. I don't know what the price of the hotel was, but they were going to give me a discount price on the hotel at $575 for a night. Wow. Okay. And that was their bottom line discount. They're like, we're cutting this thing low, man. Yeah. And it's just, you know, but. Well, it did cost that, right? But you paid through walking and smiles. Yeah. I, I paid with, with the smile, with the sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Now, another thing that I do want to say is that it's a give and take. So if they give you something, give them something back. Okay. And when you go out and you start giving to other people, don't expect the things that you get back to come from whoever you gave to. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of times that it comes around the corner in another better, more amazing way. Yeah. Cause maybe, maybe they can't do anything for you, you know, help the people that can't help you and watch mm-hmm. the results of what you get. Yeah. You know, you just don't help people just because they can help you back. Yeah. Yeah. Do it because you love humanity. You love the people around you. You love to do things that uplift your heart and make your life better. Don't even think about what's going to come back and just, you're going to be surprised at what does. Nice. All right, guys, let's do this. Let's do the uh, deciding factor. The question for us is going to be, is happiness the cure to everything? Now it's time for our deciding factor. All right. So is happiness secure to everything? My opinion, as far as this deciding factor goes, it sounds like smiling and happiness actually can do uh, quite a bit for anyone. And it sounds like it can work for your health, your business, and just life in general. Here's the problem I have is I am nowhere near the level you are, Eddie. I, you know, some of the things, if you were to put me in your shoes, I don't know that I could smile and be happy enough to pull myself out of these situations. I mean, the daughter thing alone is, is extremely crazy. And my heart goes out to you for that because Mm -hmm. me and Alton, we've got daughters, not one, not two, we've got several. And it, it is something that, that would tear us both to, to pieces. Uh, but even like you said, what you're going through in today's world with the health issues, I mean, I hats off to you. I think it can do a lot. I think trying to get to that happy place for a lot of people is going to be the key, but it can do it for you. What do you think, Eddie? Oh, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's, you know, everything that you need lies within yourself and everybody's trying to find happiness on the outside. And, you know, if you really truly want happiness, don't focus on the outside. Focus in here. Focus on you and what you can do to make your life better, which will actually expand out to other people. And when you do that, when you focus on bringing happiness to yourself, that's when the magic really begins because you're automatically going to want to share what you have because it's like a newfound toy. 
and say, look at this, look at this, look at this. It's, you know, parents that just had a baby. Oh, look, everybody, they're showing everybody. Look at this. And what does that do for you? Makes you happy. Makes you happy. And if you can use that type of happiness and that type of energy in every aspect of your life, (laughs) that's wonderful. Because to see people from like kind of opening the door and it's just open a crack and then all of a sudden they swing that door open and say, come on in. Nowadays, they're not going to do that physically (laughs) because we've got to keep that social distance. But you know what? In business, in life itself, kids, whatever it is, if you do something with a smile on your face, if you do something giving a gesture of, hey, I love you, you know, if you see a person that is not happy, is not joyful, and is kind of abrasive or something like that, picture a 10 in their forehead. And no matter what they do, see that 10 there. And seems like 30 days is the magical number of seeing shift begin to happen. Hmm. And you want so, that 10 to get down to a 1? Is that what you're saying? Or a 0? No, no. I'm saying keep them at a 10. You know, oh. from 1 to 10... 10 being the best, they are a 10. And guess what? Do it for yourself too. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people, they think, oh, you know, uh, I'm like a two. I'm a five. Mm-hmm. I'm a seven. Well, no, you're not. You're a 10. You just don't know it. Wow. Yeah. Find a way to make that 10 for yourself and for other people. And a lot of it's through the smile. And use emergency laughter. <laughs> I really like that. I do. I do. It's, you know, I think that it's, um, you know, maybe that's a new, new idea for some people, you know, I, uh, (laughs) I've never heard it put like that. Um, so I, I do marketing and, and, and websites and I had a client call me not too long ago. Um, I'll say that the client was pretty stressed out. Mm-hmm. And not really happy, had some concerns. We had some issues on the website. Uh, she informed me of the issues, and I, <laughs> I just kind of laughed. And she <laughs> took offense. She took offense. She said, Alton, this is not funny. And I'm like, well, I hear what you're saying, but <laughs> I don't have to be all pouty pants about it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I can laugh and work on your issues just as, just as well as if I had a sour attitude. And personally, I think being a little more lighthearted will serve us better. Um, Eddie, you're, I really like what. You really called her you, sassy pants, didn't you? Huh? You really yeah. called her sassy pants, didn't you? No, I did not. <laughs> nope. okay. Sorry. But. He probably did. He just won't tell us. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I tried to empathize, but it's like the way your attitude is handling this situation, I don't want mine to match that. So I'm trying to <laughs> do it differently. <laughs> so secretly I was using uh, emergency laughter. Um, but um, what, what I see with you, Eddie, is that um, – I feel like you've really lived through some, some tough times. And so, you know what that pain is really like. And I love that instead of spreading that around, you've chose to spread the opposite 
And in thinking about the question, is happiness the cure? I would say that you've definitely <laughs> made me think about a, a, a lot of ways that happiness can really open doors. And I guess my, my kind of caveat to the answer to the question is that I think that happiness maybe solves, you know, 90 some odd percent, but then back to your point about doing the mirror work and really bringing that inside yourself. I think I would add a word in there of fulfillment. And I think that what you've done is created this happy environment, this, uh, um, you know, mission to help other people be happy and wave and just uh, enjoy life a little bit more. And that's become your mission. And so it's super fulfilling to you. And I think that if we can adopt both of those things, not just the smile, but let it go a little bit deeper. And, and, you know, like, just like you said, loving those other humans and finding that fulfillment and helping spread the joy, I think is, uh, uh, I've got a lot of mirror work to do. That's what I learned. Today. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? We're always growing. Yes, this we are. No, it, I mean, honestly, I think one of the biggest takeaways I've had from this show is trying to uh, smile at myself. I've, I'm going to have to try it. If, uh, if you're listening, you're definitely going to have to try it because we're going to bug you if we see you in person. Oh, I'd love that. I would love it. Do it. Yep. Yeah. You know, I'd love to meet one day. Absolutely. Yeah. The, uh, the, you know, it's really great. We've had some really good guests come on lately and it's, it's amazing to hear some of these fantastic things that you've mm-hmm. been through, but the, the wisdom and knowledge that you're showing us, I mean, I'm, I'm watching out and he's making notes. I'm sure he's going to try to, <laughs> he's going to steal your notes so he can make a book later about it. Got, but yeah, I gotta, gotta unpack it, you know? It's, yeah. uh, so Eddie, how can, I mean, you've got this, uh, 10 million smiles and stuff. How can people, how can people find that if they want to like take these smile selfies or what, what can we do? Well, you can go to the smile and wave project.com. So it's the smile and wave project.com. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Edward smile Rodriguez. Um, and you know, that's everything in my life is all about the smile. I mean, on the back of my car, you know, I've got a, your smile is amazing. Should spread it everywhere, you know, yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, those are the best places to find me. Um, you can also, if you'd like to find out more about my book, there's a lot of tips in my book about, you know, the walk, what I did, explained it, and also put a lot of things that I learned along the walk. Yeah. Um, and it's a walk from Florida to New York. That's the so name of the book. Okay. The book is called A Walk from Florida to New York. Is it on Amazon or where, where can it's I? on Amazon. Okay. Yep. And then I noticed you're on Facebook and Twitter, but you're under uh, 10 million smiles. Correct. Is, is the handle. Yeah. yeah. And on Twitter, I'm under 10 million smiles. I believe that my LinkedIn also is under 10 million smiles. Uh, and I think you guys have the links. And then for our listeners to call and text you, what, what's your cell phone number? <laughs> <laughs> I can give that out. <laughs> no, no. No, I don't want any liability on that one. We had, we had a guest I'm, that I'm was one of those crazy people, you know, I mean, you know, universe said, Hey, we need somebody crazy enough to walk to New York. Okay. 
for yeah. the smile and I said, I'm an idiot. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, we we're so glad that you, that you joined us today and, and so thankful for people like you. I think um, definitely the exception and not the rule, but I love, I love your mission and uh, thank you. It's really, <laughs> it's really good for sure. Absolutely. And uh, I'll definitely be saying some prayers for your, uh, your well-being through this, uh, through oh, this yeah. time. Uh, I'm definitely, that's, you know, and then the prayers, they help, man. They really do. And I appreciate them. Send all you want to. Um, that would be great. They will be received with much love and, and, you know, well, I'm, I'm praying that the cancer is going to be able to deal with you as, as much as, <laughs> as possible. So, <laughs> well, I'm just going to have to say goodbye. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's been living in my house for too long. Yeah. Amen. So I got to remodel the room now, you know, for sure. All right, guys, it's been a pleasure. Um, stay in touch. We loved Absolutely. it. It was great guys. Say bye. You know what? Everybody out there that's been listening to this, I hope that you got a little bit out of this and that you have a big smile on your face and that life is absolutely incredible for you and that it grows and expands and becomes even more than you could ever dream. Keep smiling, my friends. Yeah, thanks so much. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This has been another episode of The Deciding Factor giving you food for thought on real life issues. Be sure to click like and subscribe to this podcast as well as all your big social media outlets, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't forget to check out our website at the deciding factor podcast.com and give us comments and feedback until next time. Stay safe and remember to keep an open mind.